if you wanna get a handle on your digital marketing ROI, that's exactly what we're gonna be looking at today because the reality is scaling any digital marketing campaign and increasing the profit that you generate from it requires you to understand and measure the ROI of each component part of that campaign. Let's do this. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm Head Ninja and CEO of Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency. We help our clients, which are mainly SMEs around the world, to generate more sales through their website. And that's exactly what this podcast is here to do. Today, we're gonna be talking all about how to measure marketing ROI and also how to increase it as well. Now, over the years, working with different clients, we've noticed businesses making all sorts of strange decisions about their digital marketing. And usually when there is a strange decision being made, it's because that decision isn't focused on ROI, return on investment. The great thing about digital marketing is that it allows us to track and measure ROI better than marketers have ever been able to do before. You imagine the days of radio and TV ads and newspaper ads and leaflet drops when it would have been really difficult to establish whether it was the TV ads that were bringing people into your store, whether it was the newspaper or the leaflets, let alone working out which particular TV ad drove them through. So we're really lucky in a sense that we have so much data at our disposal. The old saying, you know that old marketing cliche, half of my advertising spend is wasted. The trouble is I don't know which half. Well, that doesn't need to happen to us today. But still, many businesses are running digital marketing without tracking their ROI. And that can often be because it can feel quite complicated. There can be lots of different formulas involved and they might not have the data and the wired up stuff in the background that allows them to do it. So in this video, we're gonna talk through a few different metrics that you can calculate and measure. And we're also gonna talk through uh, an example business. So I'm gonna talk you through an Exposure Ninja client to give you um, to, uh, I think it can help make this stuff feel a bit more real as well as just talking about formulas and different numbers that you need to look out for. So the tools that you're gonna need, you're gonna need Google Analytics. That's the main tool that we're gonna use for tracking ROI. Now it's really useful, in fact, it's imperative that you have conversion tracking set up inside analytics. I, you can see when someone is becoming a lead or when someone is buying from your store if you're e-commerce. The example business that we're going to use has both e-commerce and lead generation components to their business. They're actually a B2B e-commerce site and they sell um, through their site to people who want to buy this particular product, but they also generate leads for people that want to buy bulk orders, right? If someone wants a bulk order, they'll often get in contact instead and say, look, we're looking for this huge volume. Can you do us a bit of a deal? So this site has e-commerce and lead generation components. And this, this podcast episode is for you, whether you're a lead generation business or your website is designed to generate leads. Okay, so you're only going to need Google Analytics. Now, if you generate most of your 
your leads over the phone, then you might want some kind of phone tracking thing like Response Tap, which allows you to see which pages people are coming from and it allows you to work out which sources of traffic are bringing you the most qualified leads. But for the purpose of this podcast, that's beyond the scope of what we're going to be looking at. So we're mostly going to be looking at Google Analytics to understand where the ROI is and comparing the different traffic channels. Let's do this. Great, so before we can calculate ROI, there is a couple of really basic metrics that we need to understand. The first metric we need to calculate is average order value. So how much are people spending with you each time they order? So in the example business that I'm looking at here, I can see 200,000 pounds worth of revenue for 1200 orders. So to calculate the average order value, I would just divide the 200,000 pounds in sales divided by the 1200 orders. And that tells me that their average order is around about 166 pounds. Now, of course, they have the leads that are generated, uh, which turn into larger orders as well. But just for the sake of simplicity, just taking their e-commerce numbers alone, we'd have an average order value of 1600 pounds. Now, if your business generates leads, you also need to work out your average lead value. Now, this is slightly more complicated because as well as your average order value, you also need to factor in your sales team's conversion rate. So let's say, for example, that to keep the numbers really simple, this business, the average order value for leads that came through, remember these are going to be larger bulk purchases, is £500. So of someone who comes through the site and ends up purchasing after becoming a lead, let's say that their average order value is 500 pounds. But in order to work out the average lead value, we need to multiply this average order value by the sales conversion rate. So let's say, to use really simple numbers, the sales team converts 50% of their leads. So every other lead turns into a sale. This gives us an average lead value of £250, which is the £500 average order value multiplied by the sales conversion rate. So those are some baseline metrics that we need to understand because if we're going to be calculating ROI, return on investment, we need to plug in actual numbers from our business. So if you're an e-commerce business, simply divide the total revenue that you make by the number of sales. If you're a business that generates leads, then do the same, but you're going to need to find your average lead value by multiplying your sales conversion rate. So to start calculating return on investment, we're going to talk through some of the data in this client example, because I don't know if you're like me, but things feel really real when you plug in actual numbers. Otherwise, it feels a little bit kind of uh, theoretical. So this business has generated around 200,000 in revenue through their website, through the e-commerce side of things over the last two months. Not particularly huge business, but we've been working with them over the last year and we've basically grown them from nothing. So it allows us to split things out very easily. And I wanted to use them because they've got the e-commerce component and the lead generation component as well. But broadly speaking, we've got £100,000 worth of sales per month at the moment. Now, their total marketing spend, all of the money that they're putting into marketing is in the region of £10,000. So if we take this 100,000 e-commerce revenue and we've got their 10,000 marketing spend, so we would calculate their marketing ROI in the following way. We would take their total revenue generated, which in this case, 100,000 just through the e-commerce. We've got the lead generation piece as well, but that's going to get messy. Let's just stick with e-commerce for now. 100,000 revenue in e-commerce minus their investment, which is 10,000 pounds. 
So that gives us 90,000. And then we take that 90,000 and divide it by the marketing spend. Okay, so 90,000 divided by the 10,000 is a nine times return on investment or 900% return on investment. Okay, so we've got their total revenue generated by the activity minus their marketing spend and then divide all of that by their marketing spend. That gives us the number. So 100K minus 10K is 90K and then divide that by the 10K. That gives us a nine times return on investment. So this is the really basic super top level calculation for return on investment. Basically money in minus investment divide all of that by the investment. And that tells you what your return on investment is. Now, of course, we're not taking into consideration gross profit here because you're not gonna be selling your products at 100% gross profit. So if you want to calculate true ROI, you need to multiply this number by your profit margin. But what we're doing here is we're actually comparing the performance of different channels. So it doesn't matter that we're not multiplying by our profit margin because as long as we're using the same calculation for every single channel, that's still giving us the comparative results. So let's go a level deeper then and we can start analyzing per channel. And by the way, if you want to watch the video version of this podcast, then you can go to our YouTube channel. Just search YouTube for Exposure Ninja and you'll find us. So where this data gets really useful is when it allows us to compare the performance of different channels. And what we can do here is we can start making educated decisions about where to put our marketing investment. So for example, with this client, I've just clicked on their Google ad channel inside Google Analytics. And what this shows me is the revenue that their Google ads is generating for them and the cost of those ads. So I can see very broadly speaking that the revenue over the last couple of months through Google ads has been 77,000 and the cost of those ads has been 4,541. So we can work out another metric called return on ad spend. And return on ad spend is really simple. It's just the revenue generated divided by the cost of the ads. So in this case, it's 77,000 divided by 4,500, which gives us a return on ad spend of 17.1 times. This tells us if we put one pound into Google ads on average, we will get 17 pounds back which is pretty good. But we can go a level deeper than this. But if we have a look at the actual Google ad campaigns, we notice actually there's a few different campaigns here. We've got a smart shopping campaign, a dynamic search campaign, and we've got a brand campaign. Now their brand campaign is targeting people that are already searching for their brand name. This is a very highly profitable campaign. In the last couple of months, they've only spent 600 pounds on this traffic, but it's generated 40,000 pounds of revenue. Why is that? Because this is people searching for exactly what it is that they do. It's they're people searching for their specific products, right? It's people coming back to them who've purchased previously. So it's understandable that this is gonna have a very high ROI. If we take the non-branded traffic, i.e. the people who haven't searched for them, we see that this traffic has a lower ROI. In total, we've spent 4,000 pounds on this traffic over the last two months, and we've generated 37,000 pounds worth of sales. So if we're to calculate the return on ad spend, we would divide 37 by the four and we would get a return on ad spend of 9.25x. So we know that the return on ad spend is lower for people who aren't searching for their brand than people who are searching for their brand. This is obvious, right? <laughs> 
makes complete sense. If someone phones you up and says, hi, I'm looking to buy this thing from you and I've bought it before, you're like, well, okay, you're probably going to buy it. Whereas if someone phones you saying, well, I've got no idea what I'm buying, then you know, you're much less likely to make that sale. So we've got these different return on ad spends. But the thing is that in order to get the branded traffic, in order to get that repeat customer, we have to get those people into our sales funnel in the first place. So what will happen is you'll get cold traffic coming in through non-branded terms. Some of that traffic will buy and then over time that will turn into branded traffic later on. That'll be the repeat purchases. Same with that direct traffic. So what you can start doing with this data is you can compare the relative return on ad spend for your different pay-per-click channels. So for example, let's say you're running Facebook and Instagram ads and you're also running Google ads where you can work out the relative return on ad spend for each of these channels and you can say which channel do you want to invest more in. You can look at particular campaigns that you're running in these channels. What's the relative return on ad spend? So you can start to make some really logical decisions about where to put your budget. You're going to be running organic search and you're going to be running social media. But return on investment for these particular channels can be much more difficult to calculate and here's why. Imagine that you start running an SEO campaign for a brand new website like the one we're talking about today. So in February 2020, this website was getting very, very little organic traffic. In fact, it was getting almost none. We were getting around 60, 70 visits per day in February 2020. They started investing in SEO through Exposure Ninja at around about 6k a month. So at that point, their SEO ROI would be much lower because they're putting all this money in and they're not getting much out because the SEO hasn't taken effect yet. But what happened over time is that that traffic started to increase. As the SEO work took hold and the links that we've been building and the content that we've been writing starts to have an impact on ranking, their organic traffic begins to increase. Now, if we fast forward to a year later, their organic traffic is about five times what it was a year ago. So their average daily visitors have gone up from 60 to 70 to more like 350 to 390. They're spending the same on SEO, but obviously they're getting a much bigger return on investment. So now you can see why organic channels require such patience. Whether you're investing time in building your social media profile or whether you're investing time in organic search, you're going to be putting energy and resources and money in before you're seeing that return on investment. So we're going to talk in the next section about how you make decisions based on organic channels like this. If you've been enjoying this episode, fantastic. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or follow us on Spotify or whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And by the way, if you need help with your digital marketing and you want to increase the ROI that you're generating, don't forget you can request a free website and marketing review from the team here at Exposure Ninja. This review is awesome. Basically, what happens is our team will take a look at your website, the digital marketing that you're doing and the stuff that your competitors are doing as well. We'll then analyze the relative performance of each of the different channels that you're running and we'll spot the opportunities which would allow you to grow. We'll then put all of our recommendations into a 15 minute video which we'll send to you by email. 
You can then implement the changes that we recommend, or if you're interested in working with us, we're happy to have that conversation as well, and we can help you generate the ROI that you're after. To request this review, by the way, did I mention it's free? All you need to do is go to exposureninja.com forward slash review. That's exposureninja.com forward slash review. Go and do it right now. Okay, so we're gonna go a little bit more in depth. Not too much, but just a little bit. Now there's one metric which I think is really important and it's something that people don't really talk about too much and that is the maximum cost per acquisition. This is the most that you can afford to spend to generate a lead or sale. This is an important number to understand because this is your break-even point. And anytime you're running a digital marketing channel that's not yet profitable, you need to know where that break-even point sits. Now, how you calculate your maximum cost per acquisition is you work out your average order value, you multiply it by your profit margin. It's that simple. It's basically the amount of profit that you make on the average sale. So if you were to generate a sale at that level, you know that you would make no profit whatsoever. Now you might be happy to do that if you're building a customer base or you're you're selling to someone who buys on repeat purchase or you're looking to prove concept or you're looking to generate reviews or whatever, or you're Uber, you might just be happy to do that anyway. You might be able to bring customers on at a loss whatever. But it really helps you to know your break-even point because that allows you to know how close you are to break-even. Next, I want to talk about patience. We spoke before about how organic traffic channels take time. Whether it's SEO, organic social, you're going to be putting time into building these traffic channels before they're earning an ROI. Even paid ad channels like Google ads, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok ads, they take time to drive the maximum ROI as you're refining the audience, you're working out which messaging resonates and all that type of stuff. So how can you start making logical decisions when you've got some channels that generate ROI much quicker and you've got other channels that generate ROI much more slowly? Well, here's my take on it. With any organic traffic channel, you have to choose a fixed point to snapshot. We spoke earlier about the business that's been investing 6K a month in their SEO for over a year. Now at the start, it was making no ROI at all. Now it's seriously profitable. In a year's time, if we're able to 5X their traffic again, it'll look ridiculous. But actually the investment hasn't changed. All that's happened is that investment is starting to pay off. So what we need to do, if we're gonna make a logical decision about a traffic channel like this, is take a snapshot and then look at how that ROI is changing over time. For example, in month one, that SEO ROI was really heavily negative. They were putting £6,000 a month in and they were getting almost nothing back. But as the traffic starts to increase and as the sales from that traffic start to grow, that ROI starts to tick up. And what they see over time is that this is starting to build a bit of momentum. They're starting to build a bit of a snowball. This is what you base your decisions on, the shape of that graph. If you see that your return on investment is steadily increasing, and you know what your break-even point is, well, then you have the data to be patient with that to say, this is the point where it's going to be profitable for us. Any traffic channel takes time and requires patience. And particularly for organic, it's really important to have that rational reaction to it because the reality is that organic traffic channels over the long term actually can be the most profitable. 
Because once you've built that snowball, you don't have to continue scaling your investment in those channels to continue increasing your results. There's one more thing that we need to talk about before we wrap up, and that is attribution. Now to explain attribution, I'm gonna tell you a little story. Are you sitting comfortably? Okay, let's begin. Now imagine that I'm selling cat teepees. Yes, they exist. In fact, I've got two of them in this very room. And in one of them is a cat named Ninja who is snoring rather loudly. Now, you come to my house and you see these cat teepees and you're like, I want me a cat teepee. So on the way home, you type into your phone, cat teepees. Up comes one of the ads for my teepee shop. You click on that ad, you visit the website, but you don't buy. Well, later on, you're in Gmail and you see an ad, a remarketing ad, from my website because you've been on my site and I've remarketed you selling my cat teepees saying, hey, remember these? You've got some cat teepees. Well, you see this ad, but you decide not to click on it. Later on that night, you're flicking through Instagram and you spot a retargeting ad for these cat teepees. You're like, ah, yeah, I really did want to get one of these teepees. So you click on the ad and you come back to my website. While you're browsing around the site, you find one that you like the look of, but you don't buy it there and then. Then you see a pop-up on the page which says, oh, you can get 10% off your order if you fill in your email address. You're like, great, let's do that. So you pop your email address in, click submit, and you're on my email list now. But you decide not to buy your cat TP, you close the window and off you go. The next day you get an email from me saying, hey, uh, notice you're on our email list and you got your 10% voucher. Here's our most popular cat TP model. Do you want to buy it? You click through, you're like, yeah, great, let's buy it. And you make the purchase. So which marketing channel there do we need to attribute the sale to? The first thing that you clicked on was the Google ad. That was the thing that you first clicked on that got you into my world, if you like. Well, then you saw remarketing ads on Google, you saw retargeting ad on Facebook and Instagram, then you signed up for an email list, then you made the purchase. So was it the email? Because actually without the email, you wouldn't have made the purchase. That was the most recent click, the last click if you like. Well, as you can probably tell, neither of those options is 100% watertight. There's many different attribution models. What we're talking about here is first click attribution, which would be where you attribute the sale to the first click or last click attribution, which is where you attribute the sale to the last click in this case, email marketing. So as you can see, neither of these is perfect. They both rely on all of the other channels playing their part. You wouldn't really like to say that either of these channels had exclusively generated the sale. But with attribution models, there really is no perfect model. So you just have to pick a model and then you have to be consistent whenever you're doing your analysis. Google Analytics defaults to last click attribution. In other words, if someone clicks on an email and makes a purchase, they will attribute that sale to the email rather than the first thing that that person ever clicked on for you. There's not really anything you can do about this. There's not really any better way of doing it. Um, but one thing that you will notice is in your different ad management systems, for example, Google Ads or Facebook Ads, you will see view through conversions or VTCs. Now view through conversions are conversions that happen 
when someone has seen the ad, but they're not conversions that happen when someone clicks the ad. Let's say I saw the ad for the cat TP on my Instagram, but I clicked on the site and I didn't purchase then, but I purchased the next day. Well, that might count as a view through conversion. So this gives you a little bit of insight into what's happening with the people that are coming through your marketing funnel and purchasing at various different points in the cycle. Okay, you've done fantastically well. Congrats for sticking in there. This is not an easy topic to get through in audio only form. If you want to watch the video version of this where you can see the graphs, and you can see me doing all the calculations live, um, then don't forget to check out YouTube. You can just search YouTube for Exposure Ninja and you will see that. So your actionable takeaway for this week, I want you to go and calculate your per channel return on investment. For each of the different digital marketing channels that you're running, I want you to go and calculate what is your return on investment. Now for your organic channels, it's really gonna help you to look at your return on investment per month over time so that you can see the pattern that that's taking because remember, that pattern is gonna be the thing that you're gonna base your decision on, not necessarily just the in the moment return on investment because your return on investment is gonna increase as you build momentum in any organic channel. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Remember, for more details about this podcast and all of the Exposure Ninja podcasts, visit ExposureNinja.com forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're only a few reviews away from our next milestone and they mean so much to us. So please go and do that. And of course, don't forget while you're there to subscribe on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. And if you've already done both and you're a freaking superstar, feel free to share this podcast with someone who you think will enjoy it. Don't forget to request your free website and digital marketing review from ExposureNinja.com forward slash review and we'll see you next week.